And then they say little foot, little, not little foot, little, little finger. <laughs> okay. So not little foot, little finger. This is not the land before time. <laughs> Welcome to Winterfell and I Can't Get Up, the podcast that asks mom what she thinks about Game of Thrones. This is season one, episode number seven. I'm Candace Huber, the owner of Chubby and Coo's Mid-City Bookshop in New Orleans, and I've asked my mom, Gail, who has absolutely no knowledge of Game of Thrones, to read the series and record her reactions for all of you. Read along, listen along, and follow my mom's journey through A Song of Ice and Fire, chapter by chapter, as she discovers for the first time just how brutal it can be. When you read Game of Thrones with your mom, you win or you die laughing. In this episode, we cover John 3 and Ned 4 in A Game of Thrones. And now, Mom's Watch begins. Let's get right into it and start with John 3. John is out practicing in the yard. He's at the wall. And he's practicing with Gren, who is just another member of the Night's Watch. And he, like, easily bests Gren. And Sir Alistair Thorne, who is the master at arms at the Night's Watch, is, like, watching them and coaching. And he hates pretty much everyone. He's just a huge asshole. I think that the whole thing with Thorne is just, he just wants somebody to be as miserable as he is, right? And they're sort of underneath him, right? And they're the only ones that are underneath him. So he takes it all out on them, you know? Doesn't yeah. mean that it's right. It just means... That's how it is. They're the the low men on the totem pole, so to speak. The grunts. Yeah, the grunts. (laughs) And John feels like he really can't do anything right. He's beaten every opponent that Thorne has thrown at him. And Thorne still mocks him. He came up with this nickname, Lord Snow, that John really hates. But now, like, the other boys have picked it up. And now kind of everybody's calling him Lord Snow. And he finds that the more time he spends with these people, the less he likes them. And he doesn't really have any friends there. And even Benjen has pieced out, so he learns that three days ago Benjamin went on a ranging mission into the quote haunted forest and John asked to go but then of course Benjamin said no because he's too green and he's not a ranger and so he left without John and then John goes on this thing about how he misses all of his siblings and especially Arya and it was really sad and then Gren and the rapists that Yorn brought down show up to confront and bully John about making them look bad because they don't like that he makes them look bad in the practice yard and John is like in the middle of kicking their asses when Donal Noy walks in and he dismisses all the other boys and tells John to stay. And this is happening in the armory and Donal Noy is like the armorer. So he's in charge of the armory for the Night's Watch. And then he tells John, look, dude, these boys all come from the streets. They're really poor. Even though you're a bastard, you grew up in like a rich mm-hmm. household and they never had a master at arms before Alistair Thorne and you did. So you already know how to do all of this stuff. They don't. And you just shame them and they don't like you because you act like you're better than them. And you act like a lordling when you're not, you just have to understand like we're all here for life and you better be nice or your brother's going to kill you in your sleep. Like you just need to get over it. And he tells John, he better start thinking and and just understand these kids' situations and that it's not the same as the situation he came from. Like, you think it's hard to be a bastard? Well, listen to what these kids have gone through. Right. And basically, you're just beating the bottom of the barrel. How does that make you feel? Exactly. Like, you're like the best of the worst. So, like... We're all here at the wall, so... Right. The other thing that struck me was how John keeps saying how it's so cold. It's so cold. 
and he comes from the cold. Yeah. And so if it's cold to him, and like you said, how he misses everybody back at Winterfell and, you know, all of this. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, why do you have to stay on the wall? Do you have to really? Like, like at this point, can you just walk away? And I remembered that at the very beginning, they beheaded that fella for abandoning the wall or yeah. abandoning his, his position. So I'm like, well, I guess he really doesn't have a choice. You know, he's he made the commitment to go to the wall. Yeah. Right. And so I guess he's got to stay there. And then the other thing was that Tyrion, he keeps thinking how everybody abandoned him. Even Benjen, you know, went off with the Rangers and all of that stuff. And that the only person that he, is, he feels like has really been honest with him is Tyrion. Yeah. That Tyrion's the only one that has said, Dude, this is what you signed up for. This is what you should have expected. And so even though he didn't want to listen to what Tyrion said, he realizes he was the only one that was really honest with me. And so I I understand why Ben didn't take him with him because John really doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know yet what he needs to in order to go on a ranging mission so I understand that but I know it didn't hurt him less you know what I'm saying and then like I said when what's his name Donal whatever his name is Donal Noy Noy is like telling him about being a bully he tells him you're just a bully and he's like I'm a bully like no I'm not a bully you know and he knows he's not but to these guys, he is. Yeah. And then he broke that fella's wrist. During practice. During yeah. practice, he breaks the guy's wrist. And so Noy is like, you broke his wrist. Like, first of all, that wasn't necessary for you to fight to that point. And it might make you feel good. But then, like he said, you just, it's like shooting fish in a barrel for you. And you're the best of the worst. How does that make you feel? And then he's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. So that was kind of good. And then he leaves knowing the armory and he starts walking right and then he starts looking at the wall yep and this is the first time that i have realized what it really is right like i'm thinking the wall is like this big wall that that was built i don't know a hundred thousand years ago whatever just thinking oh it's just a big old wall i mean when you think of a wall i think of like a brick wall or stone wall or something like that And then you realize it's an ice wall. Yeah. Like what he's looking at, it's like as if a big gigantic, I don't know, tsunami or something, (laughs) you know, like, like a big giant wave came and it just froze. I mean, that's how I imagined it. And now it is man-made. They say that. But it's of ice though. They say that it's, yeah, that like men made it. It's not natural, but but it is an ice wall. But it's an ice wall. And And they mentioned that. That's amazing to me. Yeah. They mentioned that it is 700 feet tall, I think. And then also that like 12 men on horses could ride abreast across across the the top. I was reading it this morning and I made a comment to my husband Brad and I was like this is way bigger than it is on the TV show they do not do this wall justice on the TV show and apparently George R. R. Martin in some interview somewhere said he didn't actually realize how high 700 feet like really was and and he was like yeah I mean the wall is big but I don't know if it's that anyway but yeah it's just this huge huge but it's beautiful as well like you look at it and it's like dark in some points like sometimes if it's a gray day or whatever it looks really dark yeah but on that particular day it was beautiful because the sun was shining and it was sparkling and and I want to bring up a quote that he says because I thought this was interesting he said he could feel the weight of all that ice pressing down on him as if it were about to topple and somehow John knew that if it fell the world fell with it. Yeah. And then it's like, 
Oh man, yeah. just, you don't build a yeah. wall to keep it standing. Correct, kind of a thing, correct. You know? And that's what I kept thinking too. I was like, sure. And they kept saying how it's the end of the world, and it's really not the end of the world. Like they said, you know, like oh, the, that the wall is like that at the wall the end is the, at the end of the world. It's just the end of the world that anyone knows. At you know? the end of their world, right? right? You know. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. we about to find out what's gonna if winter don't come, then this wall melts, and you know, what and I'm what saying? is the wall and, keeping out, and what is it keeping out? Because right? Tyrion, well, we'll get to that. Too. Well, because too he's yeah. Tyrion, Tyrion jokes him. about the Grumpkins and the yeah, whatever. I thought again. that like was it's funny. keeping out the Grumpkins, and he because he shows up when John is looking at the wall. Tyrion shows up and he calls him Lord Snow and John kind of gets salty about it, but then Tyrion gives him some good advice and it's another the only other quote that I have. He says, "Let them see." That their words can cut you and you'll never be free of the mockery. If they want to give you a name, take it and make it your own, then they can't hurt you with it anymore. And I was like, yes, yes. this is great advice, Tyrion. Yes, it surely <laughs> is. And I love, like you said, that he made uh, he made the joke about the Grumpkins again because he's like, do you want to know what's on the other side of the wall? And John's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> like yeah. everybody wants to know. What, and he's like, well, because they the Rangers just said it's like woods and stuff, right? You know, there's nothing. Not and he deal. even said, like in his head of course I want to know but I would never say yeah, I'll never that, you admit know? of the things that I really want because right. then they might not ever come to fruition right so and then they go to eat they go to walk to eat lunch they do whatever. but before that we learn that the watch really isn't in a great place which I think is important to note so they only have about a third of the men that they used to have, and they used to have 19 strongholds that were built, but only three of them are still actually occupied. And a bunch of the towers are falling apart because they just don't have enough people up there anymore. Because they mention that in like the first chapter or something, maybe right after the prologue, before we even knew who the Night's, what, Night's Watch was. They mentioned that like it's losing men and nobody knows why and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so this is kind of reinforcing that that like it's smaller than it's ever been and they can't fill the space that they even have so i thought that was important to mention and yeah because they they do say something about there's less rangers and stuff than there used to be and then Tyrion jokes about yeah he said that there's lots of rangers that have been vanishing lately right and then he jokes about it and says oh you better tell your daddy to arrest more men or you know something yeah. like that to arrest so more stone masons to, stone fix, masons the to fix all the towers apart. yeah because john's staying in one of the ones that have fallen apart yeah because he's trying to separate himself for what you know he doesn't like being around the other people and the, and the people are scared of ghosts and uh, he wants yeah ghosts so with he him. wants ghosts with him and, and so. the other thing is that Tyrion mentions that benjen has been gone too long and we discover that benjen's mission what he went to do was to look for Sir Waymar Royce, who we know from the prologue, mm-hmm. got, got the others got him. Right. And so that's what Benjamin went to do. He went out looking for him and he, he's been gone and a while and he hasn't long. come back mm-hmm. yet. And Tyrion's like, mm. So the assumption is he's not coming back. Right. You know, so. And John was... is like, oh, well, he said he'd be back by my name day. But then he says his name day came and came gone and nobody like, even acknowledged yeah, like, it. I don't know, like two weeks ago or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, and then they sit down to eat. Right. But then they don't even get to eat because Alistair Thorne comes and tells him that the Lord Commander, John, tells John he wants to see you immediately. And John's like, why? Like, what is that about? 
And he's like, you don't question it. You just go. And he's like telling, like being mean to him. And <laughs> and Tyrion stands up and is like, Owns why him. are you being, you know, such an asshole, basically? Why are you being an asshole to him? If it's about his uncle, tell him it's about his uncle. If it's something else, then tell him it's something else. And then he says... Well, and what's funny is that Thorn is like, you know, oh, off with you. You have no place here or whatever. And then Tyrion is like, but I have a place at the court, court. bitch. <laughs> and I can have your head cut off. Right. So, like, if you don't want that to happen, right. then, you know. And I just thought I was like, yes, thank yes. you. Yep. But, yeah, then Thorn tells him there's news of your brother, brother. from Winterfell. And John is like, oh, uh, shit. And, like, yeah. runs off. Like, Bran, and oh, my Tyrion God. And Tyrion is like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then he runs. He doesn't walk. He runs to Mormont. And that is named Mormont. Then he finds out that Bran is living, but he's crippled. And then he goes, like, Very excited off that Bran's going to live. Like, yeah, yeah, like, he's like, oh, my God. This is the best thing. He's going to live. He's going to live. And it's like, celebrate good time. You know, know, I'm just like, he's like so excited, so excited. And I thought it was freaking hilarious because he runs and he grabs Tyrion. Yeah. And he picks him up and he (laughs) twirls around with him and then puts him back down. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know. (laughs) And then he's just so excited that his little brother is going to be okay. And And he shows Tyrion the letter and says, like, look, look, my brother's going to be okay. Which I thought was interesting and important because now Tyrion knows that Bran's going to live. And so it'll be interesting to see what he does with that information. Yeah. But then after all that, after Snow kind of calms down, he goes over to Gren, who is the kid he broke his wrist earlier and he apologizes to him and says hey Rob has beat me with that same move a million times if you want I can show you how to defend it and he's trying to be nice to the kid and then Alistair Thorne walks up and sort of mocks John and says well I, I would have yeah. I would have an easier time teaching a wolf to juggle than you're gonna have teaching this they call him an oryx which is basically like a cow yeah. to to train him you know and John is like oh I'll take that wager I'd love to see ghosts juggle and then there's like this moment Silent. of like shocked silence like oh shit and then Tyrion just bursts out laughing and then everybody starts laughing but boy does that piss off Thorn right I mean so now poor Jon Snow has created a monster and has an enemy and is and I think that's like the last sentence too is that it's like you know well John has an enemy now. Yeah. And I really don't think... He was just trying to be nice to Gren because of what Noi told him, right? And yeah. also because I think he's excited because his brother's going to be okay. Yeah, he got he some good happy. news. Yeah. He got good news. And I don't think he was trying to be really disrespectful of Thorn. I think he was just excited and it was all in the moment. Right. right? And so now he's going to have hell to pay. And he I did will. think about Tyrion seeing the letter and knowing that Bran has lived. But I don't know. I just, I can't believe that Tyrion is involved in all of this. I still don't believe it. So. Well, the death toll for this segment was zero, but Benjen has sort of gone missing beyond the wall. We don't really know if he's dead or alive, but they, it, there have been no confirmations that he's dead. So I will say the death toll is zero. And now moving on to Ned for... So as soon as Ned gets into King's Landing, like immediately, he's called into a small council meeting. And the small council just 
to sort of recap, consist of Renly Baratheon, who is Robert's brother, Varys and Littlefinger, who we met last time, Maester Pycelle, who is the maester at King's Landing, and Ned. Stannis Baratheon, Robert's other brother, and Ser Barristan Selmy, the commander of the Kingsguard, are also technically on the council, but Stannis has gone off to Dragonstone, and Ser Barristan is with the king, so they're not at the meeting. And Renly says that Robert commanded him to ride ahead and convene the small council because he he has this urgent task that he wants him to do. And then we learn that Robert never really comes to the meetings. He kind of just lets the small council make all the decisions and run the kingdom. And his, quote, urgent task is for them to stage this, like, big tournament party, basically, in honor of Ned being named Han. And when Ned sees it, he's like, are you kidding? I, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what is this? Really? Y'all brought me in here. I'm tired. I've been I've been lying. traveling. Like, My butt hurts. Right. You know? I just want to go to I think I it said he's like. take a shower and he's Dreaming of a clothes. feather bed. Yeah, right? like, get my pajamas on or whatever, or just strip down, take a bath, and go to bed. Like, that's all I want to do. I've been riding forever, and just... That's it. And yeah. y'all brought me in here to decide whether or not we're going to have a tournament. But then, more important information. Yeah, they start out. discussing, like, the cost and how much it's going to be for this tournament. And Littlefinger, who is the master of coin, we learned that last time as well, says, because the maester is like, oh, well, will the treasury cover the whatever millions of gold mm-hmm. pieces that's needed for this? And Littlefinger is like, well, you know, as everyone knows, the treasury's been empty for years. And I'll have to borrow the money, but it's fine. Like, we're already in debt. Six million million gold total. And then half that is to the Lannisters. It's to the Lannisters. And Ned is like, what? He is appalled and he's like, I'm going to talk to Robert. Like, we can't be having this tournament. We have no money. Like, what the hell? Right. And they're like, okay, you talk to him because he don't listen to us anyway. And he also says, like, the Targaryens left, left, like, an overflowing treasury. How is all that money gone? Right. And Renly is like, well, you know, my brother likes his food and his parties and, and his, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And so we and... we can never tell him no, you know? Yeah. And he's like, I can't imagine that John Aaron let him do that. And then the maester is like, well, he never listened to John Aaron. John Aaron he kind of anyway, just did what he right. wanted. So... And, and so the more I learn about Robert, the less I like him. He's really just very selfish. He doesn't think about anybody but himself. He doesn't think about anybody in the kingdom he just is worried about what he wants and that's it and now he's emptied out the treasury and they said that they even borrowed like from the church yeah (laughs) you know like they called it the faith or whatever but it's like we've even borrowed money from the church and then they say little foot little not little foot little little <laughs> finger <laughs> okay so not little foot little finger this is not the land before time this <laughs> anyway he says something about borrowing from the lannisters again like it won't be a big deal we'll just get it from the lannisters like again yeah and it's like what and so robert's like i'm not robert uh ned is like we can't have this i'm gonna talk to robert and they're like well you talk to me yeah good luck but then he's like not today i'm gonna go yeah well and because robert and them are like a day behind anyway but i just get it's like a not today i can't i can't can't deal deal with with this this. right now i cannot even yeah he's like i 
cannot right now right with this. and so after the meeting ned he just kind of gets up and leaves he's like i can't deal with this right now bah and he gets up and leaves and Littlefinger follows him and then is like hey you're going the wrong way and starts leading ned a different way and ned is like this isn't the right way and he's like i'm taking you to your wife and ned is like what catlin's in winterfell and Littlefinger, like he kind of quips a lot at him and like kind of makes these sarcastic comments a lot mm. and and is like oh really then i guess it's her doppelganger or someone that looks a lot like her that's here or whatever and so they go through a a bunch of mess like they go through this like underground maze and they climb down the side of a cliff and they're doing all this stuff and they end up at a brothel and ned is like a brothel are you kidding me like all this and you bring me to a brothel and Littlefinger says well your wife is inside and ned takes it as a sarcastic comment and is like take puts his dagger to him and is like i do not have the patience for this right now and then sir roderick shows up and is like no 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 wait and then ned is like roderick like what the hell is going on they go inside ned sees catelyn and he's like holy shit like why are you here and what I thought was really funny is that Littlefinger then, like, also makes a comment and is like, oh, good, you recognized your wife. I'm glad for that. Yeah, like, you know? yeah. He's such a little smart ass. <laughs> and I don't know, I still don't know what to think of him, you know? Like, this whole thing, to me, his his interaction with Ned was freaking hilarious. Yeah, Like, it I really thought it was. was so funny because he's, he keeps saying stuff like that, you know, yeah. whatever. And Ned is just, like, looking at him like, what the hell, dude? Like, like I'm what's gonna, happening? I'm gonna smash you, like, my brother yeah you know like my brother smashed you i'm gonna i'm gonna be worse than that yeah so anyway it just it cracked me up yeah it was really funny and then yeah so then when they get in there they see that it really is catlin yeah and then he's like what are you doing here what's going on and she starts she's like she tells yeah and she tells him (laughs) everything she's like be quiet just shut up she tells him everything and then some things that i thought and you you can give your thoughts as well ned throughout this whole thing is not a hundred percent sure that robert wasn't involved in brands like in i guess hiring the guy he's like could robert have been involved and then he's like no no and then he's like i don't know look Um, at all this shit he's been doing right look at what he did with Arya. he made me kill sansa's direwolf like maybe he and he's not 100 percent sure after everything that's happened and what he said about the the targaryen kids how he wanted them dead yep and so if he could do that to them, then who's to say he couldn't do it to Bran, right? Yeah. And even though Littlefinger is like, I mean, he probably wasn't. Mm-hmm. Ned is still like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then Littlefinger, after like they learn everything, you know, of course, Ned is a man of honor. And he's like, okay, like we have to do something with this information. And Littlefinger is like, I wouldn't, dude. I would just throw that shit in the river mm-hmm. and like forget any of this ever happened. And of course, Ned is not going to do that mm-hmm. because he's Ned. And then Catelyn... Ned basically says, like, who have you told things to? And Catelyn says she told Littlefinger about their suspicions about John Aaron's death as well. And, and Ned doesn't, well, no, Ned doesn't like that she told Littlefinger anything because he doesn't trust her, but he knows he needs the help. And so he's like, all right, I guess, you know, Littlefinger was basically a brother to Catelyn. So, like, maybe I can trust him a little bit. And then he asks if Varys knows anything. And that's when Catelyn says, well, I didn't mm-hmm. tell him, but he scares me because he knows shit that he shouldn't know and that nobody can really know, but he knows shit. Right. So, like, FYI. It's like a dark, he, she feels like he's got dark, dark magic energy. or something. Yeah, dark <laughs> something going on with him and that she doesn't know how he knows. But then, you know, what cracked me up is Littlefinger tells him, don't worry about Varys. Like, you know, and then he starts talking about, oh, he's got his balls in his hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I thought that was funny. Like, you know, well, but he don't really have any balls, you know. But if he did, I would have them. You know? <laughs> yeah. I thought that whole thing was, like, freaking hilarious. I was cracking up. And then he's like, don't worry about him. Y'all need to worry about the Lannisters. Like, those are the people y'all need to focus on. And Ned's thinking to himself. Ned pretty much no agrees. No shit, Sherlock. Yeah. You know? Right? right? He's like, no shit. Like, you, you kidding me right now? Like, you think I don't know that's what I need to focus on? And then Ned even says, though, even further, what they really need to focus on is who killed John Aaron. Yeah, because that's why he came there. He's like, let's remember why I came here, you know? And so he's like, let's just focus on that but in the meantime Catelyn you need to she's like oh I want to stay and see the girls and all of that and he's like "Mm, nope nobody can know that you're here you and Roderick need to get back to Winterfell now yeah and in the meantime while I'm trying to figure out who killed to get proof of who killed John Aaron you need to send word to get 200 archers and get all of our defenses repaired and Littlefinger has left by this point FYI so like Catelyn asked for a moment of privacy with her husband before so Littlefinger does not know all of this and that's when Ned starts saying like send word to all of our allies prep their defenses like just in case and there's a war and then he says about the voice is the war word and then she's like well he's basically like just in case yeah and he's like i'm not saying i don't think that there's anything gonna happen but in case we need to be prepared yeah and i'll just pretend like everything's fine and i'll try to find the truth which is why i came here to begin with and she's like, but what if? What if it comes to that? And he's or, like, well, well, she's know, like, what if we do discover we, that it's the Lannisters? That it's the Lannisters. Then and we what? get proof. Then what? Right. And then he's like, well, I don't know. And then he's kind of distraught because he's like, and then I hope and pray that Robert is the man that I know and not who he has become. Yeah, like, well, and he doesn't say that out loud because she's no, like. No, he thinks that she, she Yeah, because she's like, what's going to happen? And he's like, I'm going to have to go to Robert. Like, at all the justice flows from the king. Right. So I will have to go directly to Robert. And then he thinks and pray that he's the man that I think he is and not the man I fear he's become. Right. Right. And that's when you're kind of like, fuck, I hope he's not the man you think he's become either. I know. And so you see, I'm left kind of distraught after all of this. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I don't trust Rob. It's not that I don't trust Robert. I don't trust him to be a strong king is what the bottom line is. He's weak. Yeah. And he's going to give in. You know, he's not king material. Let's be honest. He just... He spent all the money. How are they going to... He's just kind of a joker. Survive? Yeah, you know? you know, it's like really in in face only is he the king, really, because the council makes all the decisions. The council does everything, right? And like what you said last time, Cersei, like, has him by the balls. Right. And, he, and she can kind of convince him to do whatever. Right. I'm concerned about who knows what's going... You know, like that Varys fella, I don't trust him neither, you know? Like, I, he knows everything and he's got little spies everywhere, you know, his little birds or whatever they call them. I don't trust him. And then I still don't know what about Littlefinger, you know, what to think about him. Cause I, I Well, don't... because now he also has information. Right. And that's that's the most powerful thing sometimes is that it's like, well, what's he going to do with the information at all now? Catelyn's kind of pretty much told him everything. So... Can and my trust only him? hope about that, him? yeah, my only hope about that, I, he really loves Catelyn, yeah, you know, he does. So my only hope about that is that he's he doesn't really like Ned. Ned does not like him. I mm-hmm. get it, but he really like he really cares for Catelyn, and I think as long as she is living, he will stay true to her. Yeah, you know. So that's my only hope for Littlefinger. And then I still 
again, even though I know Tyrion knows that Bran is still living, I just, I, I, I'm not believing that he has anything to do with any of that. But do you I have any theories about who might have, like, set him up? Or do you still think it's just his siblings? Yeah, I'm not sure. And again, I think somebody's playing Robert, so... That's the other thing. So I don't, I don't know. You know, it's. Well, almost, I mean, I guess we know Cersei plays them all the time. Sure, so. but I mean, I don't know if there's somebody else doing that as well. You know, besides Cersei. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like there's somebody else behind this besides Cersei, but I don't know exactly who yet. Besides, I, like just, just the vibe. Lannisters has as a, as a <laughs> whole. You think <laughs> somebody else is? Vi- yeah, it's just a vibe, and I don't know why I get. That I mean, obviously, vibe. it's a Game of Thrones, so there's right. a bunch of people. <laughs> vying, you know, fighting, vying for different things. But at this point, I'm just not sure. We'll see. I guess I'm. I'm looking forward to the next few chapters because I think we'll find out some good stuff in those chapters. Mm-hmm. You know, because we'll the next one after this is Tyrion. So yeah. We'll see what he has to say, what his point of view is about Especially all of now that he knows that Bran's mm-hmm. going to live, we'll get to see what he thinks about that, too. Right. And there was no deaths, or there were no deaths in this segment either, so there were technically no deaths in the whole thing, so I guess that's good, but there was, like, a lot going down. So to move on to Help a Mother Out... There's a lot of stuff going on now. So we didn't meet too many new people, some. And so we got to meet, of course, Sir Alistair Thorne, who is a huge piece of crap. He hates Jon Snow. And he is master at arms at the Night's Watch. We met Lord Commander Mormont very briefly. And he's the commander of the Night's Watch. We met Donal Noy, who is the armorer of the Night's Watch. We met Gren, Jaren, Toad, and some other people we didn't know their names, just like random members of the Night's Watch. And we also actually met Maester Pycelle, the Grand Maester of the Realm in King's Landing. So he's like the maester in charge of all the maesters. And he's kind of been talked about, but we actually met him this time. And then they mentioned a few more people, but we haven't actually met them. So they mentioned Maester Aemon, who is the maester of the Night's Watch, but he didn't actually like come into play yet. They mentioned Bowen Marsh, who is another high officer of the Night's Watch. So like the Night's Watch has its own like small council type thing. And we know that the Lord Commander is Mormont. And we know that Maester Aemon is also a high person. We know that Alistair Thorne is a high person. And then they mentioned Bowen Marsh, who was another high officer. So that's kind of like the people in charge of the Night's Watch. Yeah. I'm thinking about Pycelle. Mm-hmm. When, I think it was Ned, did Ned see him? When somebody sees him, they think about how his necklace or whatever that he wears oh, yeah. is so much richer that's than the Ned's one point of at Winterfell. You know, that he's got he's so much got, more. It's got rubies and emeralds and you know, all kinds of stuff. And lots more links Lots it. more links and different kinds of metal. And why would they describe that if that wasn't important? Like the different kinds of metal, mm-hmm. you know, if that wasn't important. It's, that he, it's to show that he's the Grand Maester and also that like he knows a lot of different things. The the more, the heavier your burden, it's a literal burden that maesters have to carry. And so the heavier your burden, the more knowledge of different things you have and so that's what that means is that it's like oh well he knows a lot more than my maester does and they also mentioned mance raider who is the leader of the wildlings but the only thing we know about the wildlings is that in the prologue they were going to try and find the wildlings and now we know that Mance Raider is like the leader of the wildlings but we don't really know anything else about the wildlings and then they also mentioned 
Lord Tyrell because uh, it's he's one of the people that Baelish Littlefinger says that they borrowed money from. So he like kind of lists off, we borrowed money from the church, we borrowed money from the Bank of Bravos, we borrowed money from Lannister, we borrowed money from Lord Tyrell. So he's just one of the people, but House Tyrell does factor in later on, so it's kind of the first time that that's mentioned. And now, like, everyone's pretty spread out. So to talk about where everyone is, we have Robert, Cersei and Jaime, all of the Lannisters except Tyrion, Sandra Clegane slash the Hound, Barristan Selmy, and Illyn Payne are all in Robert's party that are like a day behind everyone else. So they're not in King's Landing yet. They're still on their way. But the Starks, Ned, Sansa, Arya, Renly Baratheon, Catelyn, Sir Roderick, Varys, Littlefinger, and Maester Pycelle are all in King's Landing. Although Catelyn and Sir Roderick are probably about to leave. John, Tyrion, Yorin, and now we've met Alistair Thorne, Donal Noy, Mormont, and Maester Aemon are all at the Wall. Benjamin Stark has gone on a ranging mission beyond the Wall and hasn't returned. Bran, Rob, Rickon, Theon Greyjoy, Maester Lewin, etc. are at Winterfell. Stannis Baratheon is at Dragonstone, and Daenerys and Viserys Targaryen, Magister Illyrio, Khal Drogo, and the Dothraki are still outside of Pentos somewhere. So these are kind of all the players, the Lannisters, the Starks, the Wall, the Baratheons, and the Targaryens right. at this point. And when you said Theon Grey, 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 Joy, <laughs> Grey Joy, I want to call that kid Grey Wolf every, every time. time. When you said that, that was in, in Ned's instructions too to Catelyn. Make sure y'all keep an eye on him. Yep. You know? Because we might need his dad's yeah. fleet of ships. Yeah. Don't let anything happen to that kid. So, you know, we're going to need them. Yep. So I think that's important to mention. So the total death toll is zero, but we do have one missing person at this point that we kind of don't know. And that is our show. Listen next time as we discuss Tyrion 3, Arya 2, and Daenerys 3. So it should be interesting. It's three characters that mom likes. You can catch us every Friday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tubbyandcoos.com. If you like our show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or a rating. It really helps us spread the word. And when you're sitting around discussing Game of Thrones with your friends or your family or people that you like or don't like, mention that there's this great new podcast they should listen to. You can find a recap of this week's podcast at www.tubbyandcoos.com slash podcast. You can also follow the bookstore on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tubby and Coos spelled out to keep up with all of our work. Hit us up and let us know what you think as you read or listen along. We'd love to hear from you, but no spoilers, please. Of course, we don't want mom to see anything she shouldn't be seeing. I'm Candace Huber. And I'm her mom. And now mom's watch has ended. <laughs>